Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, buddy, welcome back to, well, welcome again to This Life, Bob. This Life, Bob, Bob Forrest, and, uh, Dr. Drew. Fred Stoller had, had so much fun last time, we asked him to come back again. Yeah, I just like Because he's a celebrity rehab expert. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> little did we know. Sort of. I, I would get some of them mixed up. Like there was the sex one, and then there was one guy who died, but he was on... The Fit Club. Uh, oh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Conway. No, 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 no Joey. No. He was on. No, no, no. He was on. He was on. Sherry Pie, the group. Uh, oh, oh, John Lane. Something. Yeah, Janie Lane. John Rowan. Uh, yeah. Why was he? What was he on? He, he was wasn't. on Celebrity Fit Club, and he sadly died. So I assumed when he died, it was your VH1 show. Janie Lane was his name. He looked like yeah. James he was Spader. an old friend of mine. Yeah. yeah, that was sad. Alcoholism. Oh. But anyway, so you're focused on the dead. I'm focused on the living. So here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, let's talk about how Here's we the thing. This yeah. life, this is an idea that we had. This Susan, podcast. This life podcast. And the fact is, we need your help. If you like this, tell your friends about it. We're going to talk. We're going to help. We're going to talk about our own lives in this kind of free-for-all kind of way that I believe how love lines used to be. That's what I'm modeling it after. That's true. It kind of was that. It was that because you have people on like and talk about anything and talk about whatever's going on, but always bring it back to you. With love lines, it was music and and advice. Here it's about chaos and Nothing. Well, philosophy. <laughs> Chaos and, and, and nothing. You know, what's going on in the, you know, here and now. Because that's what it feels like to be in America now. It uh. feels like chaos and nothingness. <laughs> and so if you're feeling like us and you want to talk to us, you want to send in emails, you want to j- just hear or listen or know that there's other people here in this society confused, but still we know a lot of shit about a lot of shit. That's what I feel. Yeah. Like I know a lot of shit and I'm just confused the last four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in a way, knowing what we know makes it worse because we're seeing all the pathologies blend into the historical moment. But it's a hybrid. Yeah. But it's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. It's not like before. No. Because I knew how to deal with what was before. Yeah. This is a hybrid of of inequality and, and, and political correctness and justice and, and narcissistic parents' extensions. Of, yeah. It's just chaos. And then what's going on on the college campuses now is so hard to... There's not much different of what's going on in the rehabs and what's going on in the college campuses. That's interesting. So they, I swear to God. I watch the news and I see, you're protesting against what? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. 
That's always been my thing. What's the end game They want to live in a world that doesn't exist, Drew. No, the world of their narcissistic perfection. (laughs) They want to be the brain in the vat, Bob. Well, guess what? The drug addict kids I deal with are more honest and pure. The parents are like the students at the college. Yeah, I can see that. They live in delusion of what real life is. Yeah, how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be, and he's supposed to be doing this. You're right. I, I experience that a lot when people lack of willingness to be biological even. Because no one, you know, we're, we're somewhere. Or age. They don't want to yeah. age. Well, that's part wanna, of being biological. Don't want to be in pain. Like, yeah, uh, that's part of being biological. I mean, it's just the crazy thing. We've, we've like disavowed our, what we are. Well, disconnected, desensitized with always on our phones yeah, yeah. or at Facebook. So maybe that's a lot. So of this is an uplifting podcast. Anybody no, but, <laughs> but, but I think that there's a lot of us that are kind of sane that see it as insane, but you're scared to say anything. Yeah, you because any, I mean? cause any, you're, everyone's afraid to say anything about anything. Well, what I say PC to the parents of, the, of these 26-year-old kids that I deal with, like, why do you fucking care? You're the one giving them money and, like, paying for all this shit. If they don't want it, yeah. then just go, go go on a trip. But they can't. I think part of it is they can't believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but why? listen, they can't believe what they've created or what the child has become. They well, can't accept it. Society helped create it. No, no, but they Social can't, media Whatever it is, the, the parent can't accept it. It's just unacceptable. But to them unless they happened. let the children learn, they will never learn. And rehab's not going to teach them. And yeah. obviously, a, a university where the president resigns because she said something that wasn't even wrong yeah. at Claremont Colleges, uh-huh. right? Yeah. She what did what did she even say that was wrong? It's not even clear, but she was accused of something sort of racist or. But the point is that, yes, the administrators are cowards, but they're, of course, getting what they deserve. They've been cultivating this in college students for decades, and now they got it. But so when the kids graduate at 22 and go back home and live with their parents and there's no opportunity in life, whose fault is it then? Right. Whose fault is it? If they went to that school and didn't get a good education, you mean? No. Well, there's no jobs to get, so they didn't, whatever, you know, you thought was going to happen. You have a sixty thousand dollar debt and no job, and yeah. if you do get a job, it's going to be for thirty six thousand or forty one thousand dollars a year. I, I just think so much of it's because with the education they do get, for the most part, it's not worthwhile. And I don't mean liberal be, arts degree. No, liberal arts are very good done properly. I, I, yeah, there's a, there's a thing called the zone of oh shit. What's the name of it? It's zone of ah oh crap. There's there's sort of a zone of learning. Like there's a there's a zone of uh, competency that everybody has. And the, the, the idea of real learning is to push that zone out, not to rehearse within the zone. you got to push kids and people out into things but that I they can't do it. But I have a feeling the zone done. is accommodating. The zone of That's rehab right. is now accommodating, accommodating the children. That's right. And university is. That's right. Here's, here's an interesting thing. David Foster Wallace gave a great speech at Amherst, I think, or, or at Emerson. David Wallace? David Foster Wallace. Water in the fish. This point? is water, right. Yes. And here he says, you know, up until now, liberal arts degree was was the idea was they're teaching you um, how to think, right? Right, and what they should be teaching you is what to think. No, I that's totally. That's what he says. That's what he says. I think he. Sw- I think you flipped it around. No, I went to college to, with him. What to think about? Right. No. Meaning, I, I, it, me, you got to listen to this as water. What right. to think about? You can think about the injustice and somebody calling you Mexican. Well, maybe or whatever what it is, you can sense. think about. But you got to be able to think. You've got to be able. But it's a given that people can think. Did you read his book? Did you read uh, what's the big one? Infinite uh, Jest. You know, I I love I reading about him. 
I, I, half of was it. that not the best description of pot and pot withdrawal you'd ever yeah, seen? Yeah, that that's when you all the way up until the tennis stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I love that. Yeah, he he describes being in a psychiatric hospital and his drug withdrawal and stuff, and he he nailed it. Just nailed it. Yeah. You know, but, there's another book called The Asylum or something that uh, somebody just sent me, and uh, it's about. Uh, Alcohol treatment in the 30s. It's fantastic. It's like this, it was lost. Belladonna. Lost yeah, Belladonna. No, it's TLC. Oh, TLC. Yeah, yeah I just love. It's just lost. What is Infinite? Yes, I love reading about David Foster Wallace. But this I, is I his, see a thousand-page book. I go. It's oh, a twelve-hundred-page yeah. 12, book with four-hundred-page notes, and Nate the man has read the entire thing. Wow, Nate, our engineer. Well done. Is Nate. It, uh, <laughs> I read the first three hundred pages. <laughs> but, is it but just going on a million tangents and memoir? Oh yeah, it yeah. Switches oh, different yeah. times. Yeah, different times in his life. But here's, but really, to we're taught now to think about self is what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what he's saying in the lecture. Think about yourself, and you know, and assume about everyone else. He's saying that. That's how, how society taught. is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That we're we're not thinking in terms of what we actually know, the facts that we know. We're working a lot on assumption and what he calls a pre a preset, right? Meaning, tempted to pull up that lecture. You got to see it. It's 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 a commencement speech, right? It's a default setting. He calls it default yeah. setting that rich people are bad. Default setting yeah. that that everything is equal. Default setting that uh, that there's no racism. Default setting that you know, and the default setting keeps changing by people like Donald Trump. Now everybody's able to say, well, I don't know if I want Muslims living in America, right? Mm. Yeah. And it all of a sudden will become a default setting. What, what was the? What it's was called, called. This is water. This is water. Yeah. And he's saying yes. Up in, up until this modern era, the the idea was to teach you how to think, and what should be being taught now is what to think about because we're the society teaches you to think a certain way that's wrong. It was at Kenyon College where he gave that that speech. Well, I'll have to read it again during one of our breaks here. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so how do, you challenge, how do you challenge the status quo? It's, how do we, you and I, as one, or, or how do most we... Most people just remain silent if they disagree because you'll be bullied and, and badgered and called a racist. I'm getting used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you speak up on anything in any way and you'll get attacked. Well, what happens it doesn't all Nobody come, speaks it, up. And by the way, it doesn't all come from the PC police. It comes just as crazily from everywhere else. It be you're too liberal, you're too conservative, you're too whatever. There, there's just anger. It's anger and frustration. That's the that's the overarching tone, and I and I would argue that there's some hopelessness behind it, because they're always in America with sort of a dynamism, like the future. It's going to be better, and it's going to grow, and nobody it's, believes it's, it anymore. No, it's flat. I mean, it's Are we flat. diverting ourselves with so much outrage? Like it's easy to focus on little things we see on the internet, like. Trump or this or this atrocity. That may be why, because it comes delivered to you. It's in your face right. in little bites of it. So outraged. Everything just... like Charlie Sheen did this or yeah. this guy. Why couldn't he get it together? So we're. Oh, all... I was so cynical about the Charlie Sheen thing. I felt ashamed of myself. You mean like, oh, the he HIV? deserves the HIV? Yeah. Cynical about it. Why? I felt like, why now? Like, I just huh? feel why like there's a media now? lull about him. And, oh, and so, he came out, I think, because somebody wanted was some blackmailing. Yeah. He didn't want this out. Yeah. Mm, if the, you know, blackmailing of what? 
I, uh, I just, it was never cool. quite clear to me what was going on. I just know all of a lawsuits. sudden a guy, huh? Lawsuits. Well, going on today's show is going to stop lawsuits? Well, he wanted to divert it first, I guess. I, I don't you know. You sound like someone who's a friend of his. I worked with him twice and um, not, no, I'm not a friend, but. Acquaintance. Apo- I, I, apologist. I, I worked with him. No, 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 no. I, I just. Um, Everyone I knew who works with him thought he was a great guy. He, he was but a when, great when guy. He's not high or manic. Very professional. Yeah. I expect. Actually, the first time I worked on anger management, I got lucky because uh, uh, I got paid for the week. But then because of Sheen, I was booked for the next week for that episode because he was dealing with something we all thought was drugs. And then it extended to a third week. So I got three weeks of pay for one day. Wow. Because he so kept he likes going yeah, you wall. Like so yeah, he made me some money. But he said it was his throat, but it's probably HIV treatment he was keeping under the wraps. No, it's probably drugs. No, was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, listen, I, I, I was shooting drugs and having gay sex in the 80s. A lot of my friends have HIV. They're still alive. It's, it's, yeah. it's a treatable disease yeah. that he felt ashamed of it. And all this stuff is like, a, that's like a 1990s idea. It's like he's stuck in the 1990s yeah it was weird to go on the today show and talk about something that's so easily treatable it's a serious disease easily in, in treatable in that the hiv is easily treatable yes yeah, yeah. antivirals it's, yeah. it's uh, here's the deal i have a lot of friends that have been living with hiv for over 20 years i have a lot of friends that have died of drugs <laughs> You wow. know what I mean? Well, that you know, his doctor got on the Today Show and said it, said it loud and clear. He said, "I'm much more worried about his mood disorder and his drug addiction than his HIV." Really much, said that? He said that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I I repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. As he said, he goes, "Where he's going to be fine with the HIV, not nearly as much of a concern, well, not me, nearly as it, his drug addiction." Speaking and his of mood that, disorder. is this the same thing? But when I heard Stephen Tyler and what's that, Pam Anderson had what's what did they have? Um, Hep-, hep-, hep C. Doesn't that take away from the stigma that they're thriving? Well, so, that's so a I curable. I would be as scared that's as curable Hep C because... Curable. Oh, you're, curable talking about, yeah. you're talking about things that are chronic and you live with, yeah. like, like... But Hep C is curable now. Uh, yeah. What? I don't have insurance. Fuck. I'm getting it right now. Insurance? Yeah. Fuck yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. I will not, uh, now I'm going to be on you about that. <laughs> that's insane. So are people lax? I was paying so much and not getting anything. Are people well, more lax about Hep C Obamacare. and HIV? Because, don't get me started. Yeah. Because they go, they they're thriving. So people. You want to know funny thing? About yeah. Like I'm yeah, liberal, maybe. like a, like a crazy. Yeah. But in fact, I'm also very honest and logical. And okay. reason you you talked about that in the last episode. So I had what's called pre-existing health care of California before Obamacare. It was great. What is it that? was for people with specific pre-existing health care oh. issues that you the federal federal government subsidized California Medicare Medical and you got all the things you needed for that disease yep. blood tests viral yep. counts uh, 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 liver sonograms because it was specific to the pre-existing illness you had yep as soon as Obamacare in they got, they got in they abolished that program yep. and I got regular. Jesus. What did I get? The gold PPO insurance for $560 a month. It was shit. Yeah. It didn't help me. They said, oh, you can't get your vital count. I, get, I said, I get a count check two times a year, and I get a sonogram about every 18 months. Oh, you can't get that unless you have sick, uh, you're sick. And I said, I was talking to the nurse, and I said, I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling sick. Yeah. Because it's all what patient reports. It's such bullshit. The yeah. medical profession is such bullshit. Oh. 
It's so, not the medical profession. It's the it's insurance. the lawyers and the insurance have done. So if I say you. I feel sick, I feel lethargic, I feel tired, yes. then they have to run the test. So because, I have to lie oh my to get the health care that was being provided for me before Obamacare. I'm done. Yeah, listen, I, people don't. People have fucked up health care so much. I can't even start. I can't even talk about it. But you understand, if I lied, I could have gotten everything uh, that I wanted. I understand. Well, maybe and maybe not. And it's almost impossible to get anything through. You know what I'm saying? By sick, they mean you have to be yellow and there has to be something bad, bad stuff happening, which is crazy. But that's the way the system is run now by attorneys and insurance companies. That's, yeah. that's who runs it. And that's insane. That, that's disastrous. That their job is to deny as hard the, as they that's can. Right. No, I don't know if the, it's to deny. It's just to make money. Well, but right? to deny people... Access. Insurance. Listen, the, I mean, they're medical. The, what people don't understand is the. Oh my God, this, we've gotten so negative this podcast. Nah, no, I'm that, sorry. That, I don't that, take responsibility. That the wolf is in charge of the chicken coop. The there's one. There's one protector of the chickens, and that's the patients and doctors and nurses. That's it. Everything else, everything else, the lawyers and the insurance companies, those are all the wolves trying to take advantage of the chickens. But to be on a positive other side of it, the only thing keeping the recovery business from becoming one of the most disgusting industries in America is Jayco and the insurance companies. Because these people that are involved in drug treatment... Yeah, but the, the cash part of it has already gone... Bad. <laughs> it's already bad. I know, but they're just. You should. You should ima- imagine no your worst nightmare. I have no problem with. with no, I like Jayco and insurance companies in being the over only oversight of drug treatment in America. Yeah. All right, we have Kendra Jade Rossi coming in here today. Her Twitter handle is at Kendra Jade. Rossi. But I want to get Kendra to celebrity Rossi. rehab. Hang on, we stuff. will. We will. Kendra is going to join us. She, of course, was in sex rehab and then the sober. But we're house. going to go. Her Twitter handle is at Kendra Jade Rossi. But before we go to her, Bob wanted to pick. Fred okay, Graham, what's your favorite event on Celebrity Rehab? And I'll tell you what it was really going on. So, what do you mean? Event? And Celebrity Rehab, like, like when, like when somebody had a seizure, Mindy had a seizure, or somebody threw up, or somebody jumped off the boat, or what were some of your favorite well, parts of Celebrity Rehab? Well, Dennis Rodman, I was only... I was cynical because when you, what was the other show after it? Like the, Sober House. When, when you're clapping, like Drew's going, yeah, he's agreeing. Like Dennis Rodman was so he adamant against he was doing an alcoholic. It. And then, yeah, but my favorite okay. event was, I don't know if I had a favorite event, but one of them, who was the one that left to go to a porno convention at night and that made her relapse a little bit? Um, maybe it, maybe it was, um, uh, Mary Carey. Oh Mary yes. Carey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I you mean, liked that, or you thought I don't know that if was I had crazy? A favorite event, but I just remember I, it was like a train wreck. So do I you want to know my favorite event? Yeah, tell me. Well, when Mary Carey said that she didn't like having two dicks in her ass at the same time. You, that, that, <laughs> did, that didn't go into air. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, it didn't. You no, you saw. You're not supposed to talk about that. Oh. That, that was. <laughs> I will tell you what it was. It was. It was a pre-cut. You know, pre. I was. I was airing, showing it to her. Some pre. Pre. Right. Strung uh, out stuff. And, sorry. And, and <laughs> Sasha and I are sitting in there, and Mary Carey starts crying. You're gonna have to edit this all out. She Why? Crying, she, and she goes. She Why? Goes, and poor, poor. You know, uh, I'm blanking on what her real her real name is. Um, shoot, we didn't call. Why her do we have to edit it out? Nobody's all gonna right, make so care. She, she goes. You can uh, actually get Celebrity Rehab on iTunes, everybody, too, if you want to. <laughs> she started crying. She goes. Um, she goes. I, I. I. can't stand that I do all this stuff. I, I. She goes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put three dicks in my ass if I didn't have to. And <laughs> Sasha and I are like, 
Which sure they cut it out? Positive. I which well, I patients, saw it in the regular. I forgot. It just went from two dicks to three dicks, by it the way. Three. It was three. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget it. I was like, uh. How would you even fit the bodies around that? <laughs> that all flashed through my mind. That's why, that's why I remember. Well, which patients were the peacekeepers? Was it Rodney King? Rodney King was I like I like the ones that would just keep the peace. Rodney, yeah. He was awesome. and, and they really, you know, but then when they would try to say something, they would snap at them. Sure. But I... I uh, I don't know if I know a favorite event. I just, you just like the train wreck aspect of every episode. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was again. You answered some of my questions. Well, a on lot the other of the episodes know that most of the treatment didn't get on TV because it's on that? TV because it's, it's not, boring. It's boring. It, the most of what got on TV is what was happening on the unit, learning between, how to tolerate between and amongst the patients. But the treatment is, is quiet and deliberate and focused and you know it's different not good for tv right fortunately right. i thought so so i want to just pick your brain because sure. i want to know what people really liked about it is it did you like when they were I, using to be honest, and coming I had a love, in i had a love hate with it yeah okay until i met drew uh he's the greatest guy and he is like someone said earlier the same guy on and off but i i would perversely like sort of Again, I was a jerk because I was going, that's not what real rehab is. I go, how do I know? So I was kind of getting angry, go, why? It made you feel things. Yes. I think the audience felt things. Yes, they put like Heidi Fleiss and uh, and Sizemore in the same thing. That Was that a coincidence or was yeah. that trying? Yeah. No, but just like I was, I've said before. That we were trying know, to get Heidi ad- to do it for a long time. Addicts all run together. And so it's common that you have people in treatment at the same time who have histories together. Uh, because Bob and, and I have to, histories with most of them. Yeah, shit. He's used to use with most of them, so and now I've he's the treating with, professional. So you know of the people on the show, I've used with Heidi, I've used with Tom, Jeff I've Conway. used with Mike. No, Jeff Conway, I, I was sober with. He Jeff was, was trying to make him sober. <laughs> right, Jeff was trying to twelve right. step him. And so uh, Stephen Adler. Um, and so the idea was, I knew these people that were struggling, and I wanted to get them help because I felt like if you get around us. Because you're going to be around us for a year or six or seven months, it's good for you. And you can't really get somebody out of their embedded situation. Like, I wanted to have Courtney Love on for years. I tried to get her to do it. And she was like, I'm not going to do it. And then they offered her a lot of money. And then she thought about doing it. And then she said, no. And we wanted, I wanted. Mostly they didn't want to do it because they knew they'd have to get sober. Yeah. They knew they they were. I I like that they opened up their vulnerabilities. I really like seeing when you could really crack them. See, the problem of Charlie is he's embedded. Right. He's been embedded. He's got money. He's got a house. He's got a bunch of people that don't say no to him. So you can't get him out of there. He's embedded. But as things start to crack, you can start to get in there. You know what I mean? Right. And so as things started to crack with Heidi, with Steven, I could get in there and go, come on, come on, come on. No, yeah, when I saw, I mean, I I grew up watching the '86 Mets and just seeing Dwight Gooden. Oh, yeah, it just awesome. broke my heart. But you oh, felt he's the greatest guy. Yeah, so stuff like that. That's I'm getting goosebumps. So I like things like that when you saw humanity in a lot of yeah, them. That's yeah, and like. um, and Rodney King broke my heart when he died because yeah. uh, you know, there's just just so many layers to his pathology, his abuse, his his life. Un- yeah, just just growing up as a black Indian in the city and then being the cause of the riots and. And just, uh, just uh, yeah, so I just liked um, some, again, I love hate because some of them were very vulnerable. Some of them, 
I was cynical, like, was Rodman only going to the sober house because then he'd get another paycheck? So, I, I mean, it made me think of things like that, you know, analyzing the, but the behind I, the scenes. But here's what I believe. If you hang out with us long enough, it's going to have a positive effect on you. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mind that Dennis was doing it for a paycheck or wanted to do it to stay out of jail or whatever reason. Because he was he finally, obviously not there to but here's the go thing. by the it program. It wasn't that when we all applauded him, it wasn't that he, I don't believe he was truly internalizing, I'm an alcoholic, but just that he cared enough about all of us to even say that well, and really I, meant a I lot gotta tell to you, me. my my inroads with Robin occurred during Sober House. That's when he and I really developed our relationship. Oh, really? I brought his mother out from Dallas, and I met with him and her. It was moving. It was crazy. And he always told me, he goes, well, you and I will have a relationship, I promise. And oh, you, I, I did not have one until towards the end of that second show. You know, and then he he kind of blew it That's all. That's what out. I used to like so. on the show, the family visiting days. Yeah. And there was one sad one where someone's family didn't come. I forgot. Yeah, where it's he was always alone. something like that. So yeah, that I, I, that stuff when you the Mindy McCready singing at the dinner. Yeah. Oh my god, that was pretty heavy. Yeah. Did she fight with someone? I forgot. Um, what were the biggest cat fights? Who were the biggest females that didn't like each other? Well, it was Carrie Ann with anybody. Carrie with anybody. <laughs> but you know, it was it was Heidi and Mackenzie. Yeah, they didn't see pretty, that. That's pretty what bad. I remember. Pretty right bad. in her face. And, yeah. I, and you bad. know what? I knew Mac when she was using. She was a lot like Heidi. Yeah, it's true. No. She was a I knew her then, too. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, that's and that, interesting. <laughs> I knew that. I, knew I that remember too. her dog had to be put down. And you, yeah, you know, yeah. terrible. But, but Mackenzie was sober when she came back. We'll get Mac on the show soon. Is when I hope so. She's great. You know, she she's been around. It's like it's she, like casting celebrity rehab. Uh, I was Gary Busey not going with the program. I forgot. No, he Gary was, was in. The, I ran into Gary a couple of days ago, and he came to me and hugged me and said, "Do you remember that moment when we talked? When you he he and I had a moment together. And they didn't make much of it on TV, but it was a very powerful moment for me when." Uh, he saw me, I channeled sort of his dad for him a little bit. And he said he saw his dad's face on me. And, and he said he was, he, then he, he went out, he like dissociated. He said he's at a swamp and there are witches and the witches are coming away from my eyes. He had this whole elaborate, and he recounted that very scene to me. We were at the improv the other wow. night and I ran into him and he went, oh my God, I still think about that all the time and I've been so much better and he's so Aww. much better. But the other thing. He's still crazy though. <laughs> well, he's his own kind of crazy, he's Gary crazy. He's funny but, though. But Gary has what's called an organic person personality disorder because he crushed his right front lobe in the motorcycle accident and bob really helped him with that remember that the yeah. book and everything yeah yeah and, yeah. and, and he, he got a lot out of that that none of that got on tv i know we right. could get him on the show he's fun i think your <laughs> show could have got a lot less hate if they had more of the follow-ups and rather than thinking oh they're just there for a paycheck but i really believe it created feeling in people Oh, Which yeah. at least people we what we did created either animosity or whatever it created yeah. or shouting for it it created feeling which most television just creates numbness mm-hmm. it created people talk to me still it's like been off there like five years people talk to me still every couple of days about it and ask about people and would, or are angry like absolutely you're like what a- you guys did is fucked up. Like, why would you care about – name any other TV show that's been off the air five years and you see somebody that was on it and you're angry when you well, see no, them. Well, no, not to make it about me, but my books 
Uh, you know, people sometimes I learn not to read Amazon reviews, but <laughs> once I did, oh, he's a loser. He's a one who wants to read about a, or it hits a nerve because I talk a lot about isolation or my yeah. mother. Like some sure. woman I bumped into the party, your book was depressing. Good stuff about your mother because my mother's like that. So I'd rather you get people have people be annoyed by me than it's innocuous. The Goombas cook cookbook to life or, you know what I mean some innocuous book that might I hit a nerve in people because the skinny margarita yeah. book is not good <laughs> alright that's an exception <laughs> but I hit a nerve because I'm not trying to overcompensate and act slick so maybe people see something in me they don't like about themselves like right. I did this movie Friend Vinny about a friendship I had with an agoraphobic guy and and it was a lot about isolation and it bought, so you're right if it hits a nerve you'd really did something. something that's I all think. you can do anymore it's only catches catches people's attentional mechanism so they can direct their attention towards something and maybe learn i think everything is so fake and everybody's branding yeah. you know what i mean that housewife show you can tell like somebody sharp like the girl that branded herself and did the skinny margaritas she was out to brand from the moment you she know, got a camera rolled. And America is that. Everybody's out yeah. to Speaking brand. of the Housewife show, I don't watch them, but when I did a podcast and on Facebook, I said, any questions for Dr. Drew? Someone said, and I forgot to ask it, how do you feel about, and who's the woman you mentioned before? Oh, Jennifer Jimenez. She's on it and drinks with a woman? That no, was, she doesn't drink, but they drink around her. Taylor or yeah. whatever. And they're all, and they all have that a guy, problem. About her and that guy, the, the, the husband of that, the, that girl killed himself. Really? Yeah. Well, of uh, Taylor, what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one that's her buddy. Yeah. So the point being that that people mostly have animosity about branding. Maybe they get they get angry about people who have financial success. I think it's about as much as you can say of the Kardashians or the Housewives or the basketball. You know, Kevin Hart has a great joke about the basketball TV Wives? show. Yeah. The, that's the most false advertising of any TV show because shouldn't it be. Uh, ex-wives of ex-basketball players. <laughs> or it should be... <laughs> There's sh- nobody in the NBA yeah. on well, that I show. Thought they should make the NBA rookies watch basketball uh. wives. <laughs> <laughs> so they know to be careful. I like that. You know? Right, we got to take wait, a break. Me, uh, what, Go ahead. Well, I want to ask you why you speculate you, you've had hate from celebrity rehab. Uh, two re- a couple reasons. Addicts create a lot of emotion about it because no, it's no, really no. deep it, in it's America. First, first they go, you're exploiting these poor people. Right. Okay. So that assumes that, A, these people feel exploited, mm-hmm. and I would urge them to talk to any of the patients. None of them felt exploited. They got excellent treatment. They got tons of aftercare, which no one knows about. Right. PH1 spent a fortune on aftercare. Number one, you exploited it, it. It also assumes that they didn't consent to this. <laughs> yeah. We went through lengthy consent procedures. I mean, the consenting process was extraordinary to make sure that everybody signed out and really understood what they were doing, what they were getting into. Uh, and Well, the argument is they're impaired, so how could they make an informed decision? But, but you could argue that how can anybody consent to any treatment to when they're impaired like that? doing a TV show or But a they, that's why they had their attorneys and their family and everybody else consented as well to make sure that everybody felt good about this. Uh and you know, and that and that they somehow didn't get quality treatment. They got excellent treatment, and they felt good. Every single patient went through this crazy arc, which I never would have predicted. This was the great. Uh, I thought they'd freeze and be phony, yes. but from the moment it started, they didn't. I want to rewatch them. But so, so what happened <laughs> yeah. was uh, they they came in usually for a paycheck, and I don't care. That's the other thing. How could you dare treat somebody and pay them? 
I don't care how they get to us. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. As long as we get them, we will make them. And if a paycheck and being and declaring that what they intend to do in front of people held them even more accountable. So they had this crazy. Arc. It would suck if they weren't a, a, a junkie and and did it for a paycheck. Oh no no, that'd that be, would yeah. be. But yeah. this with this terrible this crazy arc that almost every one of them went through, which is they went from being resistive and here for a paycheck to being oh my god. They're taking this seriously to valuing what's happening to them to wanting to be an inspiration to other people. Every the one the person that went through that more than anybody was Jennifer Ketchum. She came in with toothpaste tubes and she was going to write obscenities all over the walls of the thing. She came there just to fuck the thing up. And the first thing we did, her 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 poor name was Penny Flame. We refused to call her Penny. We go, what's your real name, Jennifer? Well, Jennifer, and she said no one ever called her Jennifer. I like, remember that. And she yes. was like stunned by that. Aww. And then we started getting her into the treatment, and then she went all the way in and stayed with it, and obviously, you know, now become a treatment professional. So, wow, it's a crazy thing. But uh, but you also took abuse when somebody passed on. Well, that's and there yeah. Was, it was a very small percentage of the people. Well, here's the thing lived. about here's the thing about about that I would say about that is that if this were called cancer house and people died, <laughs> they, they would not be surprised. Most the vast majority of cancers have a better prognosis than this. Disease well, you does. said earlier, more people, so, more your friends have you can live with died. HIV. You can you can cure Hep. cancer, a lot of cancers, but addiction people are dying of in like the time crazy. we've had this podcast, like crazy. So, but there's that. But then the other thing is the ones that die were people that got, got away from it. They wouldn't they wouldn't stay with us. Oh, the, Jeff Conway left your show. They wouldn't so stay. Obviously, and so, and he didn't Jeff, and Jeff do the I don't blame, and I don't blame Jeff as much as I blame the people that treated him. His doctors put him right. Well, he back. had a bunch of he, surgeries. He back literally surgeries. was tap dancing in front of me and saying, "Oh my God, I'm recovered." And then he, but as soon as he could get to his doctors, boom, he had them put him right back on back everything. surgery. And we used to go to his house. You don't yeah. know this. We went to his house to try to drag him out. Remember this? Yeah. The Scientology people were there too. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. In Scientology, yeah. no. Well, no. Everybody Tra- loved him and was trying whatever they could. Could Tra- I was Tra- like, Travolta Sci- sent I was like, if Scientology will help do that. Yeah, we were like, we didn't care. <laughs> we just got to get this guy away from his doctors because they keep operating. Him you know, you were ahead of your time because now TMZ with all the you know warts and all of everyone and. You were like, yeah, just well, right there. We wanted so. people to learn, so we hope we did. Anyway, got Kendra Ross coming in here in just a minute. She'll tell us about the uh, her experience on uh, Sober House. We have a tremendous guest today, someone Bob and I know quite well, and uh, many of you might as well. It's Kendra Rossi. Hi. There you are. Howdy, so howdy. good to see you. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a long, long time. That crazy house in whatever it was, Bronson. Oh. Yep. Oh. Steven Adler nice. and Tom Sizemore. <laughs> you know, yeah. there was a, a, a Kendra, I know remember this. because Was, was a, Steven on that when you were on it? He wasn't. No, it he was Tom. On we, he did a, we did that School of Rock thing, though. And he came oh, right, right. That. Yes, that was kind of cool. And that's what I was telling you in a previous episode. I mentioned to... to Bob mentioned that actors all want to be musicians and musicians all want to be actors. And I remember Tom talking to Steven Adler with such admiration, like, oh, my God, man, you're the best drummer in the world. Well, I thought I could be an actor. And John Cusack's a friend of mine. He got me in one of his movies and I blew it so bad. The whole <laughs> crew had to shut down. And there, there was, I, like, I couldn't remember my lines. And you're, you, you're not supposed to move because oh. the camera's on you. And all this. What movie was it? <laughs> it's called Tapeheads. It was funny, but he was he was standing behind the camera like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> <laughs> Acting but is really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, 
And so, Kendra, what's going on with kids now? Talk to us. What's your life like? Yeah, I have a five-year-old who is uh, who is intense, <laughs> amazing, and uh, he's awesome. Um, and uh, you know, like me going to Nashville was a huge part of that, and it was only because we did that show that it was even possible. So it's it's actually really cool. I'm doing that show actually. I'm able to be a mom. And tell and people awesome. about uh, your husband's career. People that don't maybe don't know. He well, he does music. His name is Lucas Rossi. I'm actually sitting in his crazy little studio here. But um, he just uh, he just put out a new song, and it's getting a lot of really good reception. Huffington Post wrote about it, and all kinds of stuff. So it's pretty exciting. It's good. Nice. And Nashville's way better to live in, right? You can well, have a, a house. It's so much cheaper. It's so a, oh. much cheaper. It's crazy. And, you know, the funny thing is I went there because I really needed some peace at the time and uh, some quiet. And I went there and I got a job as a server, which was insane because I needed to humble myself a little bit. Wow. And uh, and live kind of a quiet normal life and but you can I live a really it. good life see being a server in la you're still like homeless sleeping on somebody's couch <laughs> in in nashville you can have a house oh yeah I was, yes i was living in a 7500 square foot house oh there my you God. go baby <laughs> wow. and yeah. the quality of life there is very it's so great good, a lot yeah. of my friends moved there the people are amazing it's amazing so many la people i know have relocated to new orleans nashville memphis just to, and you can just live a quality of life that's, that that yeah. we forgot about here in this city. Uh, yeah, what we were it's talking about beautiful. Earlier. We, we were uh, talking about how you could run a drug treatment center by treating people, giving people reasonable salaries who are highly trained professionals, and they can have yeah. a good life, and you can really get things properly staffed. Yeah, but uh, so when we were when you were on Celebrity Rehab, you were like. You were you had common sense and you really didn't play into everything that all the people were. Well, I wouldn't you know. go that far. <laughs> well, you had much more common sense than because you came a couple months later after the other show, right? And then you yeah. were in sober house with all these maniacs, right? So on the last episode, we were talking about how the public perceived people as acting for the cameras and throwing fits and being assholes because the cameras are there. You lived with no. them. You know they're just assholes. It was, it was actually really like that all the time which if you're trying to get sober may or may not be the best possible thing uh trigger wise but um but it was good man i, I grew i got a lot of love for all those people still you know do you, do you can't stay in touch with anybody i do actually i i talk to to jenny every once in a while and um i talk to heidi every once in a while so so jenny ketchum jennifer ketchum is now a uh master's in social work candidate uh yeah uh, unbelievable. She's unfucking believable. We're gonna she get is. her. We're gonna talk to her soon, Bob. You and I. Yeah. Is Heidi uh, still out in Pahrump? I, I think she, last I spoke to her, which was maybe six months ago or something, she had moved back to L.A. with all of her birds and. <laughs> oh wow! And, you know, you know who else is an, doing amazing, has, a, a, a thriving, just an amazing person is Amber Smith. I don't know if you stay in touch with her. I love Amber. I love Amber. Oh my god. And I, and, and even Carrie Ann, I still talk to you. No kidding. So, whoa, whoa, slow wait. down, slow down, slow down. How's yeah. Carrie Ann? I haven't heard from her in years. How's she doing? She actually has two babies, and oh. they do like Sunday Yeah, I saw one and... of them. I saw one wow. of them. Yeah. Incre- is she okay? Yeah, she's she's actually pretty healthy. She's doing, I think, life coach So stuff. what does this say about about males and females? If all the females that were on Celebrity Rehab and Sober House are doing well and the males are not, what does that say about it? I, what I've always said, women are more evolved. 
They're just better. <laughs> they are better. There's not some further evidence of that. Uh, so the commonsensical thing, how much of being on television did you want to like stay sober and stay abstinent and try to get your shit together because you had gone public with this thing? I think the girls... Yeah. That mattered more to them than the boys. Well, there's a huge responsibility in that because I know, like, even See, to this t- day, Stephen Adler, there's not a huge <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> for, for me, I felt that. Uh, really, I think women take it more me. seriously yeah. that social influence or that so uh, putting it the out impact. there. Yeah. I'm getting my shit together and I'm taking it on the road. Whereas guys will say they do that, and then like a week later, they're just like throwing up on themselves. So, right? I'm Fred. I'm butting in. Fred uh, Stoller. Uh, Mindy McCready, sadly. Oh, there you go. Well, I had to be the downer. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, but we of, could edit that but out. But of the people that are doing well, it's all mostly females. No, 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 no. Well, what men are doing really thriving from the, your alumni? Uh, Tom. Jason oh, yeah, Waller. Jason Waller. Oh, unbelievable. Um I can't. Have to, I'd have to see a list to get go through. <laughs> Stephen Adler's a lot better. Stephen does. Uh, yeah, Stephen's a different person, but he's not. Yeah. He's not what you'd call a poster child for uh, new lifestyle. Who, who, but he's better. He's better. Uh, who else is doing better? Doc Man. was way better. Doc, and Doc I think Gooden. he's had a setback. I'm hoping. But still, Doc was amazing. But setbacks are just setbacks. Hopefully, you know. Uh, Rodney was doing great. He Rodney was disease. Rodney was the one I saw the most. Was he on Sober House when you were there, or no? No, no. Uh-uh. no. It was so a, who was the cast? Say, say, I always forget. Dennis Rodman. Oh my goodness. Uh, Heidi, yeah. Heidi Fleiss, Tom Sizemore, uh, Seth Shifty. Oh yeah. Um, How Shifty? You talk to him at all? Bob? I have not spoken to him in years. I see him walking sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you know who's doing well? Andy is. Sober. Andy. Andy, Andy yeah. Dick's yeah. doing sober. good. Yeah. Yeah. Was but, he was he in that house? Because you no. were in the house with the swimming pool underneath no. of it, right? Yes. No, yes. Uh, we had Mike Starr. Oh, um, oh there you Sally, go. Yeah. Um, I who I loved, there. and uh, we had Carrie Ann and Shifty and Carrie Jenny. Ann. Were you on the show when Carrie Ann split, spit spit in the girl's face? Yes. The text face. Were you standing there? What uh, was that? Was that? I was, I what was, was not, that about? I was there when she hit the ca- cameraman and all kinds of. Other fun stuff. Carrie Ann, whenever she was bad, it was always because of stimulants. I'm telling you. Well, yes. I mean, she. I think she was. She was. Well, she had prescribed medication. Right, Adderall. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And why? Unbelievable that how 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 that fucked her up. But so she was badly. 19, right? How old was she? Because the, what's the yeah. top when Adderall is not supposed to affect the brain? That was the argument Harasti had. With uh, please. But, Kendra, I'm having two sort of flashbacks to your experience. One was that night when Tom blew up and how that affected you. Yeah, that was really hard. Yeah, I, I literally, I, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but Tom had a like a violent outburst. I've and, seen it. Yeah. and Well, I think it was that Heidi was picking at him yeah. constantly throughout the the, the that's time. right. No, that's and right. Finally, it, was, it erupted. It, it erupted big. I mean, it just he threw stuff all over the place, and and I had a bad feeling that night. I was I was uh, getting calls from Jimenez from Jennifer, and I I said I'm coming over. I'm just coming over. I, I just mm-hmm. I just something's not right. And I went over and I came. There was this big steep yeah, steep, driveway, yeah, this driveway. Yeah. and I came up that driveway and I heard this like it was roaring and I saw people jumping off the balcony it was sound guys it was sound guys and stuff it was the craziest thing I ran in there 
And uh, and there was Tom just and poor Kendra was in the corner just trying to deal after this, I had you know, to shut down. Yeah, complete shutdown. Yeah, and, and uh, which was fine, but I, I, she, you were the one I felt the worst for for that whole outburst. And Tom, I was just glad I could come in to keep him from going further. You know, I mean, like, come yeah, on. it was it was crazy. And then the thing I loved about you is that no matter what, the cameras on, cameras off, like you were there. If something was going on, you'd show up in the middle of the night, like. I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And oh. people ask me still, like... Doctors in real true? rehab don't do that, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they'll ask me even still, like, is he just like that for TV? Is it whatever? And I'm like, no, man, he was there. Be like, oh. You know, so... And then I had another... What was the other thing I was thinking with Kendra? Oh, oh, this is actually a kind of a funny thing, Kendra, I have with you. Uh-oh. Is when we came and... I don't, I don't remember if we went on TV or not, but we came and did a home visit for you. I re- and we're like... We're like What's all this Xanax doing here? And what about this guy? You're like, oh, no, that's something. We're like, what? I'm like, oh, no, no, that doesn't count, though. Yeah. She, was, she was like, well, of course, the doctor's prescribing that for me. That's why doctor yeah. gives me that. Got a fly yeah, I, he was like, you, do you have anything at the house? I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and, well, you were so upset when I decided I wanted to take it away from you. I was like, I was, yeah, I was very upset, very, <laughs> very upset, because I didn't think that stuff counted. Oh, my God. <laughs> so let's get into the real deal. How is being pregnant? How is having children? How does it affect the way that you perceive yourself and your need for drugs and sex and all the things that you were coping with before? Because well, I believe it profoundly changes. Oh yes, people. of course. Well, my son is adopted. Oh really? Um, so I, I, I suppose in a lot of ways I had to have a lot more determination because I had to go through a year of an adoption process. Yeah, you uh, had to become a foster parent, right? Yeah. And That's the, a and nightmare in L.A. County. It's a nightmare. And, and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And and, uh, and so it was a very intense time. We were going to parenting classes and therapy and all kinds of stuff like that. And That's great. Uh, so I suppose on that level I had to work a lot harder for it. Um, Maybe they should do that for all people that are. Yeah, I'm just thinking that. I think they should, because <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was intense. But um, but on uh, on the flip side of that, having my son every day reminds me of the person that I have to be for him to not have the childhood or adulthood oh. that I you know that I had. So it it really keeps me grounded that I have to, I have to, how do you bottle right that and put you know? it into a pill? I, I, not everyone has that insight that she has, you know, I, I have to, yeah. um, the, I look the, at his little face and I think of life without him and I can't even imagine it. And yeah, uh, you know, one of the weird things about Kendra, is she was living in the same time where I went to college and my son went to college there too, Kendra. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Vanderbilt. I remember I think one time you actually oh, ran Amherst. into Lucas at the airport going to visit him or something. That was actually Nashville. Yeah. We, we were going to Nashville, but no, but we, uh, I went to Amherst College. Didn't you live in Amherst or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in, yep, I grew up in Massachusetts. That's so uh, crazy so. to me. And you were there when I was there, and I think you were yeah. like a kid, going through all this horrible stuff yep. when I was totally. uh, there in it's college. It's crazy how, how the world kind of works, you know? Yeah. And intertwines us all. The other thing we were talking about is, Bob, uh, you were talking about white males and hopelessness and how much yeah. better we think women are doing, <laughs> generally. <laughs> um, but... Some of this is the inspiration of being a mother, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we have kind of a natural maternal instinct where it's like we know sometimes that it's, you know, it's make it or break it where men kind of don't have that as much maybe. We, we don't uh, go to the mat the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, where it's like men I think aren't men as bonded when they get older. 
to their kids. Mm. Not that they don't love their kids, but I feel like they can just kind of it's disconnect. It's a different level. They're not as bonded. As it's a, it's more than bonding. It's almost like a... They, women have a selflessness with this whole thing that, you know, that just men don't have. They separate themselves, men, more from their kids or... They don't feel that responsibility, you're saying? I, I don't know. I just saw... All I know is a lot of a lot of the sober women friends in my life got affected in a profound way by having children, whereas mm. the men, not so much. Not so much at all. Yeah. Right? I yeah. think we stay more connected to our, to our, to our nurturing and, and, mm-hmm. and emotional side maybe than yep. men do. Yep, and, th- and this sort of makes that all come to life a little bit. Yeah, because I know when I look at him and I, even if I find myself saying something and then I feel kind of bad about it, then I think back about what my mom or my dad said and I don't really think men do that as much, you know? Huh. Yeah. 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 So you did therapy. Did you have trauma work ever? Is that uh, yeah? Have... I sure did, and I and I, uh, I I went to meetings, and I did. You know, I I mean, I really I worked hard to be at a place where I could be a good mom. That was the most important thing to me. It's all I wanted to be in life, you know. So, but I, I, I this is, goes back to that issue. What uh, that thing that was circulating around about addiction is all about trauma, or addiction is all about being bonded to other people. I mean, we've always known that those are core issues in the addictive mm-hmm. process. I think that's how you sustain it. But, yeah. But how you, how you get it, I don't know. Yeah. And so uh, it, what kind of trauma treatment do you have, Kendra? Um, I, what kind of, I'm sorry, I'm Tra- having a hard Trauma, because you, you had a lot of trauma growing up. Did you have specific yeah. therapy for that, the trauma? Physical abuse and sexual abuse, uh, PTSD, anxiety, you know, the works. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still... Still working my way through it. I don't think it's something you're ever really completely um, over. Did you have like EMDR or anything like that? Um, I did a little. I started a little bit, and actually, when I was even there, that was something that Jill and I were talking a lot yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and kind of, kind of trying to work into. I didn't do a lot of EMDR, um, but it, it it was something that we did a little bit. Um, mostly, what I did was uh, could just go to therapy. I mean, just really individual just talk fo- about it and just just and, focused, emotionally focused therapy, and and focus on yeah. my marriage. But you said the key thing, which is it never ends. It's, it's an it never ends, evolution. But, but but America wants solutions. Yeah. They want absolutes, and with trauma, there is no absolutes. It affects you one way; it affects another person exactly opposite way. How you evolve out of it, what coping skills you learn are that are productive or destructive. They're, each person is so complex, and everybody wants a simple six-month, three-day, thirty-day yeah. prescription solution to these profound problems of personality, of trauma, of sex. Of it's just we we need to be more honest about. We're all just trying to get better. You have to yeah. acknowledge that you, you're fucked up and you don't want to be fucked up anymore and try to head towards health. The coping mechanism thing, that was the biggest thing for me was finding other ways to deal when yeah. I was getting you know upset or when I was you know getting depressed or anxiety, finding other ways to deal with it than going and you know drinking myself into a stupor or taking Xanax or, or doing whatever. Back finding out. other outlets that was very... Do you understand what I'm saying though? Oh, yeah. Listen, I know. And the idea to me, I, I judge my clients mostly on functionability. If they're becoming more functional in society, in life, in interpersonal relationships, and the setbacks with drugs and alcohol to be expected. But here's the thing. Most clients stay abstinent and don't get better and don't sign up for right. anything. That's right. And that that everybody's going, that person's a success. Whereas somebody who's relapsed two or three times who really is being honest and core opening up 
is much more headed towards health mm-hmm. than someone who remains abstinent and just keeps their mouth shut. But I, I can just, in the few minutes we have with Kendra here, I can tell the PTSD stuff is way down. Yeah. Way that, down. Just that and, it's an ongoing process. that you're closer to people when you are with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're more present, more close. Uh, yeah, I try to stay present pretty much all the time in my feelings. And at least, you know, I, I'm by no means perfect. I make mistakes. I screw up. I have setbacks. I do all kinds of things, you know, but at the end of the day, the, the important thing for me is acknowledging them when I do them yeah. and then acting on it. Like, you know, why did I do it? You know, exploring why I did it, what, how I can do it differently next time, what I can do better. Um, you know, I'm never going to be perfect. And then the recovery community would sort of add on to the, exactly what Kendra's saying. Things like cleaning up your side of the street and expressing gratitude for what you do. You know, there's things you can do to sort of continue to work your th- way through those things. Kendra, any more uh, contact with Duncan? Duncan, no, I haven't spoken I, to him since seems... since we did the show. Um, we uh, we hung out for a little bit afterwards, and uh, our lives just were not. Is that too... the drummer guy? No, it was a British guy that had won like an academy, the equivalent of the British Academy Award for uh, which directing. was the drummer guy? Drummer guy. Wasn't there oh, a drummer guy? Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! He was Valone, living in Phil, my Phil he was living in my apartment building. You know oh, that yeah, you know Phil. that I ended up s- Valone, uh, yeah. subletting Jenny's apartment on Fr- Franklin and and, oh, boy. and Cherokee, and then that guy lived in the building too. The Phil yeah, guy. Yeah, Duncan lived yeah. there as well. Oh, Phil. Duncan lived there. It wasn't that the yeah. static okay. show that that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Now wait a minute. So the Duncan guy is the one that lived in my building, yeah. not the Phil guy. Okay, Duncan, Duncan, the British guy. Okay. Yeah. Well. Things were evolution with him. Yeah, oh, yes. no, I know he was not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 that's why I wondered if anybody. I, I, I had one of the weirdest guy. experiences in my life in front of that building. I didn't know the guy, and everybody assumes I know the guy. And so I'm, I'm walking out, and this AA guy is going, you live here, Bob? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that, that dude from Dr. Drew lives here? And I was like, dude, I, don't, I could tell by his tone. And the guy's girlfriend was up for the... In the apartment Uh-oh. doing something. <laughs> oh my goodness! There's all kinds of stuff goes on, but it's a constant evolution. Uh yeah. Uh, let's just suffice it to say, our we were in different directions. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. I, I don't know what happened to poor Duncan. Well, I know what happened one day. I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, so she was both on the, the celebrity. She did the sober house. Because there was some substances there, as, as always. But also you know, the Jenny, sexual addiction. Yeah, one? yeah. Oh, okay, I remember. And uh, Kendra, Jenny had to come clean about the substances, too, eventually. It's interesting how that becomes a bigger picture as, as everything becomes clearer. No? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know how Jenny always said she used to masturbate to Law and Order? So I'm <laughs> yeah. in that apartment, and, yeah. it, and I love Law and Order. And anytime it played, <laughs> I thought of her. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, oh that's Lord. crazy. Well, Kendra, listen, we just want to touch base with you. It's just so good to see you and see you thriving. I love so. you guys. I am so happy to see you. Oh. You know, it's, it's just really so, good. And all, all, you know, just see, to see you doing well is just amazing. Back say in hi LA. To, say hi to your husband for I, I will, time, absolutely. Yeah, last time my son was literally on that plane uh, on the way to Nashville. So Yeah, he's doing really good, too. He's he's uh, he's doing awesome. Well, you know, my wife, Susan, was listening to his music. Like, this guy's awesome. He's great. I love it. Right? Yeah, Here she he's is. really great. You know, she's bringing her. She goes, you got to see how Kendra's play husband. some. Play some. Nate, we'll find he's it and edit it Does in. your son ever watch Handy Manny? 
Bob, I think you would really like it. As oh, it, no, I was on I a kid. Hear it. Preschool show, Tools That Talk, so maybe he knows me from there. Oh, I was in Monkey Wrench. Hi, Manny, I'm scared. <laughs> what shows we, us? We watch Handy Manny all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm telling him I'm the nervous Monkey Wrench. You know the Monkey <laughs> Wrench? <laughs> oh, no. You watch Handy Manny? They do, yeah. All right, listen, we got to run. Cameron, take a quick you break. But the thanks, Bye. Kendra. Bye. All right, guys. Thank All you right, so thank much. Thank you so All much. All right, see you soon. Bye-bye. Right, bye. This life this with life. Dr. Drew and yep. Bob Forrest. Wrapping up. Fred, thank you for being a part of this. Fun. Thank you again. Very, again, anything you guys, just brilliant. It's fun. Uh, it's, uh, I like learning through osmosis, so I appreciate this. And Fred asks great, great questions, doesn't he? Well, so now you know if you got HIV or cancer, you've got a better chance of success. Are people of, more of survival than you do of addiction? Are people lax going, hey, look at Magic Johnson, I'm not going to have a condom? Is there a problem? <laughs> I'm not saying that to be funny. Well, no, the exposure well, rate is bad. Yeah, the, because gon- people are doing that. Yes. Gonorrhea, in fact, it's, it's, they're actually blaming something called pre exposure prophylaxis, which you can take the antiviral before you have sex and prevent the transmission now. So people are blaming that. Is that is alarmed. They're not as alarmed. They're taking pre-exposure prophylaxis. They're going without the There condom. should be no and guess more what? exposure, massive, but Massive there is. increase in gonorrhea, syphilis, and chlamydia right now. Massive. And then herpes and warts, of course, will follow in the heels of that. But but understand that that the, there should be no more spread of the disease because there's so much awareness, but there is. But if you're exposed to the disease... There is a high survival rate now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Living with AIDS. Right. Right. But addiction, the the death rate is doubling every five well, years. Let me ask you one last question. Yeah. All, all this stuff. Uh, again, I'm just talking out of my hat, as they say, but it seems with addiction, either you either you die. This doesn't seem to lie to be a lot of six-year-old junkies that either no. you would have died by then yes. if you kept doing it. Yes. And Holy I'm stop. saying, yes. 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 For the stop. most part, when it comes to IV drug use, you don't. You do not reach your fifth decade if you don't get sober. Yeah. Or yeah. So even like um, generally speaking, coke and all that. They- Scott Weiland was forty-eight. So he was going to die within the next two years if he didn't stop. And he's another one that I think, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. They, How they old were, was Philip Seymour Hoffman? Late forties, mid forties. Yeah. But they, they, but they seemed like they were clean for years, and just because they said I could just do one thing, you know, what I mean, it shocks the heart. Yeah, uh, no, that's not what happened, oh. with Scott. Nor with, uh, in my opinion, my guess with uh, Philip Seymour. I Hoffman. thought he was dry for like twenty years. Doctors put him on meds. Adderall was at his bedside, Bob. Yeah. So, someone put him on a medicine, not understanding what it does to addiction. Uh-huh. Boom, his disease comes on. Scott Weiland died of Suboxone and Clonopin. But the, That's but what the addicts him. are complicit in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not, yeah. yeah. So, all right. so, anyways, drug addicts. Thank you, Kendra. So, if you're, if you, let's just wrap this up. Sure. <laughs> if you are a drug addict, HIV positive, and you have cancer, you're most likely to get killed by addiction. Yeah, that's right. Wow. That is crazy. By, 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 ordered, by a large percentage, by a very large margin. And people See, don't understand when, that. when I just said that, people don't believe that. Yeah, they don't believe it. You no, well, like I said, the, the fact just, like I said, you don't hear of people in their 50s or 60s and then had a rehab. Either they got clean or, or, or they would have died. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening to the This Life Podcast. You can check out thislifepodcast.com. You can find the podcast there as well as at iTunes and podbayfm.com. And a reminder still that this is a Playroom Pods production. 
Yeah. Also, if you want to support it, please go to drdrew.com and click through on the Amazon banner. That helps us out too. It doesn't cost you a thing, but keeps a little wind in the sails here. And uh, we really do appreciate your support. And it's uh, been too fun, Fred, as always. And thank, thank K- you Kendra so Rossi much. Rossi for visiting us. She at, was great. At Kendra Jade Rossi is her Twitter handle. You can check her, her out there. Her little boy. Her little boy and her husband, uh, Luke, Lucas Rossi. Let's hear some of his music going out. We will go out with that. Bye. Hello. It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything. You say time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much healing. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. I forgot how you felt before the world fell out of feet. It's such a difference between us and me. Sorry.